We take a single episode of a science fiction TV series and overanalyze it to within an inch of its life. This is the Fusion Patrol Podcast. Welcome to the discussion. Hello and welcome to another episode of Fusion Patrol. I'm Eugene. And I'm David. And tonight we're going to be looking at Otherworld. And uh, as you know, Otherworld is only seven episodes long. And here we are at episode three. And we thought, well, if we do episode three, we're, we're, we're not halfway through the show. Uh, and so we'd have to wait until we get to episode four to be halfway through the show. But then we'd be past halfway, so there's no, like, neat, clean halfway point. So we said, let's do episodes three and four on the same day. So let's get started with episode three. This episode is called Paradise Lost. This should not be confused with that story by that Milton guy, because I don't think, yeah, it just shouldn't. It no. shouldn't be. Well, let's start out with a brief, a brief, brief summary of this episode. Our family have got some sort of a zone travel pass now, which previously had been said to be impossible. And they are traveling between provinces by boat, which there's this really nasty storm with lots of laser beams. And they get shipwrecked on an island called Paradise, something like that. And there, there's like a major resort, and they're welcome, and they're given rooms and free clothes. And the woman in charge of the island, Scarla, takes an instant shine to Hal, and Hal seems to take an instant shine to her. For the next 40 minutes, we watch as she continually tries to seduce Hal. Hal continually seems susceptible to her seducing. Mom seems to be getting uh, annoyed, uh, considerably annoyed, frankly justifiably annoyed. And all the while, there's a little bit of a mystery about what's going on on this island. Apparently, people are disappearing, and they're being turned into some sort of substance called Coloma. And that's what the island's all about. In the end, will family love and togetherness triumph over chemically induced horniness? Watch this episode to find out. Not our typical summary, because I, I didn't want to give the ending away for you, but we might we might reveal it as we talk about the episode. So, um, David, what are your thoughts on this episode? Oh, is it time for me to wake up now? I mean, it's like just hearing that summary again really just didn't even do it justice. It was so bad. <laughs> <laughs> it was bad. I, I will say it was, it was a it was a bad episode. I can almost see it as a filler episode on a show that's been running for too many years. But when this is only episode three, and we're we're doing this kind of stuff already, it's like makes you wonder for the future. Yeah, I don't think this show's got a promise. Um, a lot of promise, and you know, there's there's things that you can always you can always spot when a show is already spiraling downwards. And the people trapped on the island where there's mysterious disappearances, where they're sucking the life out of people or whatnot, that's one of them. Um, And I'm sure that our listeners have probably can identify dozens of them. I I can think of a couple off the top of my head. And uh, one of my favorites is when they're really sinking down the hole, they'll have the rock and roll episode. I can remember that one in Buck Rogers where the rock and roll kids <laughs> were all smashing stuff. You know, it isn't that bad. Right now we're still at just the sort of science fiction concepts. But um, anyway, um, yes, this substance which they are extracting from this people apparently gives you, I don't want to say eternal youth, because there's some real signs that maybe 80 years is the limit that you can use this stuff and keep going. Because Scarla, the 
very attractive woman who is in charge of this island uh, has to keep rubbing it on her lips continuously uh, to keep from fading old. Yes. And there is a line somewhere in the story. Well, there's, there's two lines. One, she's not meeting her quotas anymore. And the guy who she gives this to says, are you taking more than your share? And, of course, she, you know, poo-poos that idea. Uh, and then later her assistant says, you're using more and more of it, aren't you? You know, you can't hold time back forever. And so, and she is pretty, she's dolping it on a lot. But that also seems to be the way she keeps kissing it on to Hal. Yes. Yeah, she, first she starts by, like, sucking on a straw and then offering him a drink and saying, oh, you don't mind sharing the straw, do you? Uh, or then she'll drink out of a cup and say, oh, you don't mind sharing my cup, do you? And she'll turn it so the big-ass lipstick smear <laughs> is right where he'll drink out of it. And he doesn't, I don't know, I mean... He's 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 really playing stupid with his wife, uh, and we're supposed to believe he's under her spell. Yeah, yeah, that was just too, too early on, though. He was just yeah, he was under her spell her the moment he fast, saw her. Yeah. yeah, there was no no physical contact. He saw her across the room, and he just started drooling. Yeah. Uh, and mom was like already looking at him like. Really? I'm standing right exactly. here. And for the family that's, you know, not supposed to get themselves into the center of attention or anything like that. And, you know, she's what the head, you know, the head person on the island there. And, he, you know, he's, he's right there. And like, like you said, with, you know, the family standing right there. It's like, why are you doing this? Yeah. I spent the episode uh, every time she would start seducing Hal and Hal would, you know, occasionally put up a little protest like, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm waiting for my wife. And she's, well, why don't we... She's getting her hair done. Why don't we go play a game of Vision Ball for a while? And he's, well, I really probably ought to wait for my wife. And she, it's a lot of fun. <laughs> oh, yeah, she probably won't mind. Guess what? She minds. Exactly. Um, there's, there's a scene where he's getting all frisky, and it could be this drug. I mean, it... Apart from the fact that it seems to be seducing him, but it could be that the drug is also kind of younging him up because he's all energetic and he's like, yeah, yeah. let's let's stay out dancing to his wife. And, and he finally convinces her and she's like, yeah, all right. And then she says, I got to go to the bathroom. And you, and you know, I mean, it's just like you might as well smack your forehead and go, oh, she's going to the bathroom. Scarlet Woman's going to swoop in here. And she does. And then she's like, do you think your wife would mind if we go dancing? And he's like, no, I don't think she'll mind. <laughs> it's terrible. Yeah. It's, and it's, it makes you wonder, too. I mean, it's, you know, the drug that he's given, you know, whether it's lips, her fingers touching, whatever else. I mean, is it, is it taking time to get into a system? Because, like you said, he did seem to fight it a little bit, but they're sitting there, they're just talking. You know, if I could see if she kept touching him and overpowering him in that way with the drug, but she doesn't. No, but... <clears throat> It is a very fast-acting drug, though. I mean, yeah. when she's getting old, all she does is touch it to her lips, and two seconds later, right. she's back to back to stunning. Obviously, the topical application to the lips is uh, all that it takes. Yeah. It's also extracted from the lips. Yes. I thought that was kind of weird. They put the, the, the people... Yeah, part of the mystery of the island... Yeah, the the mystery of the yes. island is that after the unica unification wars, which we now know were 80 years ago? Something like that. Something like that. At least 80 years ago, um, this island was a military base, and after the wars it was turned into a biological research base. And we know that Scarla was a director for 80 years at the island. She's been running this deal for 80 years. So 
you know, we can say we now know the Unification Wars are 80 to probably 100 years ago. Probably. People come to the island. They're made happy. That's the whole point. This is like total everything you want, anything you want to do, resort, pools. Yeah, every desire. Every yeah. desire, quote, unquote. Although we don't really see a whole lot of that. No, we don't really interact with anybody it's, else for the most part. It's it's not like Westworld where you get to do whatever you want. It, it seems to be if, if your every desire is to go to the pool and hang out. Yeah, and eat free food. And eat yeah. free food, then then you're good. But happiness is the key. You've got to make these people happy. And the happier they are, the more of this Coloma stuff that they'll produce. And when they finally harvest them, they take them to a room, they paint them blue. I don't know what's going on with that. And periodically a little dropper comes down and it just like sucks a drop of stuff off of your lips. Um, which, okay, you know, it's another, it's another universe. It's another dimension, perhaps... Perhaps these people are different. Are we yeah. to assume they were always male? Did we see any females? I'm not sure about that. Yeah, I think we did. did we? I think there was at least one girl on the table. Was that a girl? Or a long-haired chick. Yeah. Yeah. But but Scarlet says, you know, take the rest of the family. So obviously that includes two girls, two females. Yeah. So I, I think I think we can safely say that they take whatever they can whatever they can get. Yeah, because they had gotten a sampling from Hal earlier on from after his dinner, you know. DNA or whatever it is that they used to, to sample them. And then he was like, you know, really high up there. You know, he was But they, had, they were saying that earlier in the episode yeah. when they were scanning him through the TV in the room, which is also a monitoring device. Yeah. Um, and they said, wow, we've never seen such high levels. And then, yeah, then, then for some reason they had to take a, take a cup from the table. And yeah. I, I don't know, that, didn't, that wasn't very clear. Nothing in this episode was very clear. No. But what stands out for you? It was all padding. It's like, I mean, the, I mean, the mystery, which which we've kind of explained now. I mean, that was the interesting bit, but that was what five minutes of the whole episode. The rest of it was just Hal and her fawning over each other, and you know, and him and the wife arguing Fighting, over it. Basically. Yeah, it's like it just wasn't entertaining television for you know forty five fifty minutes. Yeah, I, yeah. I mean, we did have the other guy with his his son being missing. That they're saying, oh, he doesn't even have a son. But I mean, what really hit you know? I'm wondering if the show, if this is because the show aired during family time. In other words, the gist of the story is not the mystery. The gist of the story is the family and how strong their bonds are and their emotional ties and, you know, the tough times and the, the good times. And, and then, incidentally, let's dump the kids out for most of the time and ignore them completely, yeah. which you know, is probably very good. Um, and then the mystery was incidental. This, this was this was meant to be a story about their love, although mostly it seemed to be about Dad being Randy for for yeah. Scarlet. <laughs> but the key was, I mean, I mean, just like the last episode where you know those young troopers build men was all about the son. I mean, it was a focus on him. This one was the focus on the father. And and yet, Dad was basically under a spell the whole time. So you yeah. don't really is it really about him? Now I I kind of wonder. I mean, if you were if you were the actual family, let's say that in real life you were the actual family, you might in some bizarre way think that taking turns is a good thing. Okay, oh, I got my turn. You know, I was in Tarka and I got to do the military thing. and uh, That's kind of cool. And I got to do whatever. Um, but if... But if you were the real people, then I think Dad would be willing to go, wait, that's not fair. That's not my turn. I was under her drugged control the whole time. That wasn't me. Yeah. Right? But maybe, as an actor, you wouldn't care because you just got all the lines. Yeah, exactly. So maybe Hal Groom is... Sal, Hal Groom? Sam, Sam Groom. Sam Groom. Yes. Yeah, sorry about that, Sam. 
Um, maybe Sam doesn't care whether his character's out of acting out of character. He gets to yeah, exactly. he gets the lines. So maybe maybe that is the concession. But anyway, he really didn't. You, you would think that Mom would be the one that would get the predominant part of this story because because she's the one that has to solve the problem. Yeah, and that was almost incidental. That that's like yeah, yeah. You know, eventually one of the the boy says. Uh, Hey, there's this room in the hotel where you're not allowed to go. Maybe we should check there. And then they go check there, and that's where they find Dad um, professing his vows forever to Scarla. And uh, they point a gun at him and say, you know, you're coming with us. And Dad reaches over and takes the gun and points it at them and says, well, I'll kill you if you don't get out of here. It's like, okay. And then then Mom gives a little speech about, I can't promise you eternity, but I, I promise that I'm your best friend, and I'll love you more tomorrow, and we'll grow old together, blah, 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 blah. blah. Yeah, it was, it was pretty hokey stuff. Um, not a lot to recommend this episode. Um, and then the whole, you know, points of view of the other of the kids, at least the two older kids, like, oh, there's cute girls for the boy, oh, and there's a cute boy for the girl. And that was about it for their part. So another thing about this island is that it's ringed by storms. Now, what the episodes it's very it's a very budget conscious way of starting the episode. We start by seeing a storm rocking the seas. It's a violent, turbulent storm. And instead of lightning bolts, we see laser bolts shooting out of the clouds. Yep. And voiceover narration by the dad saying, well, we had uh, we decided that we were able to use the access crystal to make it a zone travel permit, which, like I said in the summary, I thought that was impossible. Only zone troopers can travel the zones. True. Right? But they got, yeah, but they got the crystal. But they got the crystal, but, but he used the crystal to make a visa to allow him to travel the zones. Yeah. And it's like, okay, can only zone trooper travel the zone, or can only zone troopers and people with special zone visas travel the yeah. zones? You see my, my distinction here? Suddenly we've expanded who can travel from zone to zone. And so Dan is able to rent a boat and try to travel to the next province by, by boat. Because he's got that special travel visa. Um, nobody who rented him the boat told him that there was a permanent storm between him and where he was going, apparently. Because he took their boat out and wrecked it. Yes. <laughs> and, and nobody told him, you know, hey, don't go near Paradise Island or you'll, you'll wreck the boat. So uh, that seems a little remiss on behalf of the boat. And everybody else, everybody else that are there are also visitors. And yeah, at least the guy with the sun. So, I mean, they're obviously traveling. So unless it's because it's a vacation spot, there's, you know, special well, consideration for the travel passes. Or special consideration for people who are going to be harvested. Yes. That, that would probably be my, my guess. So what I was saying is that the, the storm, the laser bolts, and Dad's doing voiceover narration explaining that he got the travel pass, he got the visa, he got the boat, and then they encountered the storm, and the storm basically destroyed the boat out from underneath them, and ta-da, they fell into the water. And the next thing we know, they wake up on this island. Well, it turns out that this storm is actually a permanently ringed weather control around the island. Yeah, controlled from the island. Controlled from the island. Uh, and, of course, the island has perfect weather because that's how they keep the storms out with the, the laser storms. Um, it seems like, well, it seems like that how do people get in if it's permanently ringed by these laser storms? Yeah, exactly. And then at the end of the episode when Scarla, ooh, spoiler here, Scarla destroys the island when she can't have Hal. Scarla just throws a fit, runs into the weather control room. Now, come to think of it, that wasn't the weather control room. No. That was a different room. Yeah, I don't think she ever went in there. Picked up a chair, hit the console with it, and then the console announces that 
evacuate the island in five minutes, a laser storm will hit the island, evacuate in five minutes. And and earlier in the episode, we were told that there was these emergency evacuation boats that would get you off the island. So everyone, like, rushes down to these boats. And they're, they're like little, um, I can't think of the name, Zodiacs. The little Zodiacs. Little inflatable with an outboard motor. Yeah. And they have to launch off into the sea that destroyed the sailing ship or whatever it is. And, and that's supposed to get you <laughs> exactly where exactly. Um, I think it was just all they could afford. I did like seeing, though, that they did go, you know, into the water. Because in the first two episodes, it was always the long trek through the hot desert. So, you know, starting this episode, you know, we've been in the sea. So now it kind of t- gives us a little more about the environment. This planet has oceans. Yes. Unless that was not an ocean. That's... Yeah. Could have been a big scene. Could have been yeah. the... Uh, um, you know, it's a, uh, I read somewhere that there were no maps. Now, there's been no explicit mention of that in the uh, in the show, but my understanding is that, that it, maps are explicitly banned in okay. Otherworld by the Praetor. And so the intent in, for us is that we don't know if it looks like Earth. You know, is it is yeah. it completely different planet or is it just a parallel Earth and they could find, you know, the Great Salt Lakes or whatever uh, it has to be. So so we just don't know. No. But Scarlet did mention, was it, to, no, she did call it to, what, to create, create a sea or create, for Crete, maybe, you know, like, an, I don't know if that was an offshoot from that. I didn't like, catch the name. Like maybe Greece or something. Well, they don't speak Greece. No. <laughs> they all speak English or, or other worldies. Of course, if they're supposed to be following the obelisks through the desert, and you go out into the sea, are there Good obelisks point. sitting up there? Good How point. Do they know where, where are the obelisks <laughs> that they're supposed to be following? We seem to have lost that component yeah. because, well, last week, last week we didn't see any obelisks because they had already settled. Yeah, and now you're off the island in an emergency, going back into the storm, and where are you going to end up this time? Back to where you were? You know, is Kroll going to be waiting for you on the beach? You know, it's going to be amusing though is when they, they get to this next province and they find an obelisk, right? And they go, ah, here's the line of obelisks. We can get back on our track. They won't know whether to go one way or the yeah, other. Exactly. They, they could lead them back to where they started if they if they didn't yep. keep track of it. So that, that seems like that might have been a bad plan. Another bad plan on the behalf of the writers of Otherworld. And, I, we, did, and we did see the mention of the two moons again that was brought up, so... Yeah, so if it is Earth, it's Earth with two moons. So that is in favor of it not being the same as Earth. Exactly. Let's see, what else have we got? Um, oh, they had the stupid game. Yeah. Vision Ball. I think it was Vision Ball, wasn't yes. it? Which was a kind of a cross between tennis, racquetball, and highlight. Yeah. And as with all as with all stupid games in stupid science fiction shows, it involved very small scoring squares painted on the wall, and you had to, you know, use ridiculously over-elaborate equipment to make your point. I can remember they, they did this on Next Generation. I think they were playing 3D squash or yeah. holodeck squash or something, and it's just like regular squash. You know, what's wrong with regular squash? Yeah, exactly. To be fair, <laughs> you know, in the 23rd century, did squash really need to be changed? Yeah, still good exercise either way. And then they had these special squares that you had to hit on the on the wall, the or glowing squares, glowing yeah, squares, yeah. or you or you have to, you know, or or they'll paint things on the floor is the only place you can touch. In this case, they were wearing silly spandex outfits. They had highlight, not even proper highlight. I mean, huge highlight uh, scoops. I don't know what they call the thing in yeah, highlight, I don't know. but you know, covered in tin foil so they would look spacey. 
uh, and these triangular things painted on the wall that you were supposed to get the ball past yeah. the other person and they hit had bad the... lighting in the room. You know, it's like and, and never I think bright. that was why why vision ball. I think, and then yeah. also it seems like apparently it affects your vision so that when people move, they look like they're strobing. <laughs> so. <laughs> I guess maybe that makes it harder to play the Could game. Be. I'm thinking this game would be bad enough without the without the. But Hal asked if it was dangerous, and then he got hit by a ball. Oh no! And he's like, "Oh no! I thought this wasn't dangerous." Yeah, I think I pulled something, and of course <laughs> that's that's like you, you think she's come over and go, "I'll pull something for you," <laughs> um, but in fact, she just massages his his shoulder and and rubs a little more stuff on him and keeps him entranced. Uh, for a while, and and then you know he has to go home to the wife and explain to her why he spent the afternoon playing ball with a beautiful woman and not uh, playing with her or talking to her, or, you know, doing like the husbandy thing with her. Um, so we had that, and not much else. <laughs> yeah, yeah, not much else. It's like this is the kind of episode you put on, and after you're done, you want to put something else on so that you have something to talk about. <laughs> it's like that was just that was bad and many of the scenes i mean my wife was watching the episode with us and they would start giving a speech or or she would start scarlet would start doing some sort of seduction thing or or mom would start talking about how you know when somebody is you love is in trouble you have to love them even more and and my wife was just over there going gag He's like, yeah, right. It's pretty. It's pretty awful. So but that was the moral of the episode, right there, wasn't it? It was, I guess. You gotta, you gotta just love them more and and drag them off at gunpoint. And um, <laughs> I don't think that I can come up with anything else to say about this episode. Can yeah. you? Nothing more after no, that. Nothing more. So I think, I think let's move on to episode four. Which is called Rock and Roll Suicide. Rock and Roll Suicide. What what did we say about episodes worse than going? To, yeah, all right. <laughs> the Rock and Roll episode. We were on the Rock and Roll episode. Well, let's start with a brief, painfully brief synopsis of this in-depth episode. Easily brief. Easily brief episode <laughs> of this episode. Um, our heroes have set up an identity in the largest province they've been to so far, a province of some 5 million people. Dad's got a job as an engineer. Mom's got a job working at some sort of a clinic. And the kids, once again, are going to school. At the talent contest this year, the kids decide that the music really sucks here, and they're going to play, basically, the Beatles. This goes over amazingly well with the kids. Uh, some of them shaking their heads and getting up to dance does not go over nearly so well with the principal, who shuts the power off in the middle of their act. But it's too late. A booking agent has heard them and thinks it's the newest sound that's going to come. They start making records. They become famous. Dad doesn't like this at all because, well, the point of laying low and keeping secret is not to get famous and plaster your face all over the place. And... It, their amazing repertoire of rock and roll songs that they're able to draw on from the other world that they came from makes them the most amazing rock and roll songwriters of all time. And in this case, and on other world, the only group of rock and roll on the entire planet, as far as we can tell. This starts a movement, 
And it runs afoul of the official from the Church of the Artificial Intelligence, Dr. something or other. Claxon. Claxon. Dr. Claxon. He is brought to the, this music is brought to his attention, and in fact, it's even pointed out to him that if you play it backwards, it's got secret messages hidden in it. This will not do, it challenges order and stability, and so he calls the Praetor, the Praetor sends his guy, Kroll, to take a look, and Kroll recognizes him, story over. Yeah, easily. So uh, we've we've heard what you thought of the last episode, David. What do you what do you think of this one? Is it an improvement over Paradise Lost or? Uh... I story wise, it was worse. I mean, not, nothing happened. It was all filler. I, I enjoyed it more because I mean they did actually do music from the eighties. So listening to some of that music again, and the Beatles, music so the Beatles made from seventies, sixties, but you know, but whatever was popular at the time, I mean, it was real music that we're familiar with. So it was entertaining from that point of view. But from the story as an other world story, it was just like just didn't go anywhere. It, it was as cliched as it gets. I mean, from the from the people saying it. They had the tape burnings in the front yard <laughs> and the church opposed to it and saying this. You know, they never said it was the work of the devil. We did learn in this episode that the Church of the Artificial Intelligence is, in fact, actually an official arm of the government. Yes. But they pretend not to be an official arm of the government. When when a reporter puts that to Dr. Claxon, are you an arm of the government? It's like, no, we're completely independent from the government. So, well, then how come you always agree with them? We only agree with them when they're right. They just happen to be right all the time. <laughs> Dr. Claxon hates me. Of course, they've got the kids that are kind of, uh, you know, on the establishment side, and they're the ones that figure out that you play the music backwards. Yeah, and why you would hear, you ever think of doing that anyway? It's like... You know, it's obviously satire. It's meant to be satire yes. of the whole rock and roll movement. Of course, the kids go from clean-cut playing the Beatles music in just kind of their school clothes to these dark eyeliner and fluffed up <laughs> hair and it looks this is like a scene out of buck rogers in the 20th century on that one um and you know there's and then they've got their groupies and then they've got the girl that's really like hot for trace except she really only wants his money and um um but they play so much music and i mean not only do they go play music but then they have dreams, and when they have dreams, they're just music videos. Yep. <laughs> it, it is nearly a full episode of just them doing covers of, you know, this, that, yeah. and the other. Yeah, and MTV was, what, 81? So not, not too long into the whole video thing, and we had all the, we had all the screen cuts and oh, everything Oh, the transitions. Else. Yeah. It's like somebody gave them a non-linear editor with lots of transitions for the first time. We had dove transitions. We had folding origami transitions. We had door closing transitions, uh, page rip transitions. <laughs> it was ridiculous. It was, it was exactly what a beginning video editor does when they don't have a clue what they're doing. And you know what I found the most interesting? Two things I found the most interesting in this story. One was at the beginning of the episode... Dad was doing his usual opening narration, and he was explaining how he had been, he had gone to his wife's clinic as a clown to cheer up the children. Yes. And he had the full clown outfit with a frilly collar and a pointed hat and the makeup and everything. Right, I mean, yeah. An actual clown costume. Not, I've pulled this out of my wardrobe and tried to imitate a clown costume. This is an actual, I went to clown school and got myself a clown costume with a clown mart or wherever they get your clown outfits. And he explains to the audience that he terrified the children because... 
there is no such thing as clowns in this world. They didn't know what he was. They thought he was a monster. They terrified him. What I want to know is where did he get the clown? <laughs> exactly. Where, where is that normally used for if it does exist? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, he could do the makeup. I'm sure he could find that. But everything else was right out of clown mart. So uh, I, I thought that was poor, poor planning on the writer's part. As were probably all the rock and roll outfits that they were wearing, because in this world, the music is all totally boring, dull, non-rock and roll. There's no excitement and glam. It's, you know, it's, they have signs up on their wall in the house that they built that's like standard propaganda. It'll say things like, no change is good change. Man, emotions can be dangerous. Emotions, emotions can be dangerous. And my favorite one was corporations. <laughs> <laughs> I, I love that. Just a white poster with the word corporations on it. It's like, I want that on my wall. I, and I and they must have been mandatory or something because they could have taken them down or covered them. You know, hey, you know they're trying to lay low. See, now this is the point. Dad can go in and he can get himself jobs and houses and all this stuff with his crystal. And apparently they come pre-furnished and whatnot. And then... You know, do you don't muck around with them because you're laying low. You don't, I don't know, start a rock and roll band. That, that <laughs> seems like, it seems like a no-brainer. Um, and the other thing, well, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So at one point they're playing Cheap Tricks Surrender. And if you may know these lyrics, at one point they're talking about some Indonesian junk going round. Would the audience have a clue what Indonesia is? Exactly. I think there's another song that mentions... There are probably a few that were mentioning specific things to our world. Yeah, that they would never have heard of. I mean... I guess it's the music that's just taken over, not really... The the lyrics, maybe they're not hearing that as much. They're getting blown away, literally, in the audience. Oh, yeah, they are. The wind is... (laughs) Their hair is flying backwards. They're so blown away by the singing or... I don't know, Trace and Gina's Bad Breath. I, yeah. I'm, I'm yeah, not I don't sure know where that came from. I'm not sure what that was. Um, Maybe think of, I mean, when was the movie Footloose done? I mean, that was early 80s as well. Maybe right before this, I'm thinking, maybe this is their answer to that. Because they went to the community there where they weren't allowed the rock and roll music from the church. And then they kind of rebelled. I am going to admit something here. I have never been subjected to the movie nope. Footloose. <laughs> Neither version, right? <laughs> There's two? They remade it, like, last year or the year before that. No. That was basically the premise on that. You know, Kevin Bacon's character, the young teenager, goes to the new... Mom moves him to a new town, and they don't allow rock and roll music and dances and stuff like that. You know, that's that's a big church thing in the town, and, of course, he has to play it and get all the kids riled up. Doggone that subversive (laughs) young Kevin Bacon. 1984. 1984, yeah, and this is 85, so... 85, so been... this is a direct rip-off of yeah, Footloose. But it's called Rock and Roll Suicide, yep. which, why? Is yeah, that because yeah. they kill their lives in this world because Could of... Could very well be, yeah. Plus, I mean, it was a little bit from the whole 1950s bit, too, where, you know, rock and roll, when that was becoming done from what I've read... How people were liking, and that was the devil's music. And, oh, yeah. They, yeah. They, they ripped the history of rock and roll in two weeks. Yep. Uh, you know, starting off, not saying that the Beatles started rock and roll, but they, they started off with Beatle, old Beatles, you know, I want to hold your hand kind of yep. stuff. So the, the really old school style, and, and they worked their way. Uh, right there was no through. like Elvis sway of the hips or anything in this episode. They didn't have to seem to worry about that, though. The people in the audience, the movements, they didn't seem to accept that. I, I don't. I don't think that the actress who plays Gina could actually 
swivel her hips like <laughs> Elvis. I, I have noticed that she has what can only be considered an awkward body. I mean, she's cute enough, but she just moves in very unnatural ways, yeah. stiff and unnatural. I, I've, I've assumed for a long time that she was just plastic, but um, uh, <laughs> she. Uh, there's a sequence in the opening credits that just drives me nuts every time I see it, which she works the hand thing, and it's just like, <clears throat> have you had that arm long? Because it seems like you don't know how to work it. Um, what else is it? Oh, so we got the record producer, or what do you want to call him, the booking agent. Yeah. Um, he seems like a remarkably earth-like, slimy, rock and roll booking agent that you would see in a stereotype, yeah. basically. That's something that we could relate to as the audience. I'm thinking that's what they're going for. I mean, that's that's what they're like here. If they made them too different, I mean, we would have no clue. But would they have had somebody like that in a world that didn't have rock and roll? I'm not sure I... Yeah. I mean, he really seemed... You know, I mean, he's, obviously, guy, he's a producer booking agent for their the bland music they had. Right. So obviously, this is just... He just seemed to jump on them real fast. He thought, this was so exciting. It's going to make him a million overnight. And, and, and he did. Yeah. Uh, and it did. I just wonder who did all the merchandising and something. They had Gene and Trace dolls already, like a couple days later. I'm sure he did. Exactly. Yeah. Well, you know, a couple weeks in, they had the Gene and Trace yeah. dolls, and they had they'd sold six hundred thousand yep. uh, repo albums or whatever they called them. I didn't get that name. If it, if I was supposed to understand repo album, I yeah, I'm thinking repo this, but I don't know reproductions. Repo. Could could be repro, I guess. Maybe they're. I I really didn't. Um, I really didn't get. You know, sometimes you get what they're going for. They had a lot of really bad English in this one. Like yeah. the principal comes to talk to the father. I need to interface with you, <laughs> um, which has not been in evidence in other provinces no. so far. I mean, yeah, they occasionally talk weird and use a different word here and there, but this one was particularly stilted and un, unnatural. So um, this show's not going to make it. No, I wouldn't think so. Not after that. N- not after these last two episodes. This, this show is not going to make it. I and mean, this one didn't really go anywhere in the whole mythos of the other world, did it? I mean, I mean, yeah, Kroll came in at the very end, part of the little bit of the chase. Oh, 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 oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But we have to mention Trace's dream. Yeah. <laughs> so the first time Trace has a dream, it's all, you know, um, apples and pears and and girls and having a great time and wow aren't we great and the next time it's the same thing except he feels i don't know there's, there's that sort of i'm distanced i'm confused this is after he begins to realize that you know fame is not all that it's cracked up to be the girls only want him for his money um it, it's causing problems for his family he's having this dream and we're listening to yet another music video only this time he's not singing in the music video he's kind of listening to himself sing and people are <clears throat> He's isolated from the people. They're all yeah. around him, but he's sort of isolated. And then there's this uh, blonde girl that might be his sister, but it might be a hot chick. And she's facing away from him. And, he, and he's he's longingly reaching out to her. And he taps her on the shoulder and spins her around. And she's not the prettiest looking thing. She looks a little bit like Chelsea Manning. <laughs> uh, and, then she, and then she pulls off her wig and it's cruel. And he wakes up in terror. Ah! <laughs> So uh, that was amusing. I I, I, I like that. Scene. Yeah, and then that took that took place before Kroll actually did even make an appearance. So that was yes. just that was his subconscious. That was just, yeah, yeah. worrying about you know, the, the fame and 
And I thought it was funny that the uh, the head of the church in that province called the Praetor and said, we've got this social and evil and music and stuff. And the Praetor was just kind of, you called me for that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Can you send some zone troopers? He's like, no. He's <laughs> like, I'm not going to waste any zone troopers on that. And, and he said, but could you send somebody? And then the Praetor goes, I have just the man to send. And then, of course, we see Kroll. And and Kroll says, yeah, you have to understand, the Praetor sent me as a joke. I don't know whether he means it's a joke on Kroll or a joke on the Dr. Class. Yeah, I'm not sure about that. I'm not sure whether, you know, he's, he's given Kroll a crappy assignment because he doesn't like Kroll or he's sent Kroll because he's going to cause problems for Dr. Claxon or whatever it is. But anyway, they go to the rock and roll concert. And they come through the, you know, they're going through the things, and and Kroll's not taking this seriously. He's looking at the girls going, you know, she's kind of cute. And they get in there, and Dr. Claxton's like, oh, this horrible, horrible, it's whatever. And and Kroll is just, like, jamming to the music, and he's like, I like it. I like it. It's good. It's, It's I'm listening to the music. Shut up. Now, and he's at, you know, the entrance to the venue. Yeah. And they're on the stage in heavy makeup, hair slicked back or fruffed out, smoke on the stage, bright spotlights on them. And Kroll is slowly, like, looking at them and going, I know who that's. And he goes charging down the crowd. You know, I thought that they were going to do something with a crowd to turn it into a mosh pit or something and crush him or... Uh, really start a good revolt, or or maybe do a little crowd surfing or something, but to get away, that would have been cool. Can you imagine crowd surfing out <laughs> to get away from the guy? Uh, that would have been, you know, to the exits! Woohoo! <laughs> but, no, they just had some flashes go off on screen, and they, they yeah. ran off. And yeah, I mean, concert security stopped them from getting on stage, which kind of was making me wonder. It's like, would they stop a zone trooper? A, do you uh, touch a zone trooper in his uniform? Not, I mean... not that high level of a zone trooper. <laughs> like... I'm thinking that's probably a bad idea on their part. Yeah, it was definitely not the thing that they should have been doing to a zone trooper. They, they book off, have the uh, decoy car that the uh, producer brought for them. So the, yeah, the and... producer was nice enough to help him escape. Um you know, even though he didn't want to lose his band. But let's face it, he's got all the royalties and the rights to continue selling their music yep. forever, and he's rich, so he's he's in like Flint. Of so. course, they did try the, uh, their one original piece that they sang about the Beatles. Was that their original I'm piece? Not, see, it sounded kind of familiar to me, but they were at least in the context of the show, it seemed like they were right, trying to write it. Was it... Or were they just trying to figure out the remember the lyrics? Well, it was something about John, Paul, George, and Ringo no and Rock here. and Roll yeah. City. And I tried looking for that as lyrics to a song, and I couldn't find, couldn't it. find but it. I'd never heard that song before. Yeah. Um, so th- this was possibly their first. Yeah. But again, you know, who are John, Paul, George, and Ringo? Exactly. Oh, they would be the Beatles. That would be, oh, the people that you were copying earlier in the... You know, if, you know, if today this show happened and you got transported in the pyramid, you'd have your iPod with you with 10,000 songs. You'd have a lifetime of songs to just copy and copy plagiarize, and, you know? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. They were, they were kind of having... And they had to do that stuff, you know, just from pure memory. And obviously they knew the chords on the guitar, how to play the drums. Let's face it, most of those songs do not have the most yeah. complex of musical... Uh, uh, we're not talking about they had to recreate Mozart no. for us here. <laughs> what else have we got in this episode? I don't think, like I said, I don't think we learned too much. I mean, we did learn that the, or, I guess, the orbit of the planet in this world is 25 days. 25 hours. 25 hours, I mean, yeah. Yeah, yeah so, Ma, yeah, or Ma the mentioned rotation, it, yeah. yeah. 
He did mention us on, you know, but it was hard to tell because the way he said it, you know, I'll be working 25 hours a day. Yeah, he, mom mentioned it again later when she was talking to Chase and Gina. Oh, did she? Yeah, she mentioned 25-hour 20, day as well. I didn't hear her yeah. mention that. So, yeah, I, in the first case, it could have been, you know, it, it could have been somebody saying... It's like 110%. Yeah. yeah you didn't really, I'm yeah. so busy, I'm going to be working a 50-hour day or something, and he just said 25 hours yeah. a day. Um, but yeah, it sounds like it's 25 hour, 25 yeah. hour day then. So that's another difference about other world than our world. Yep. We've got two moons, has a 25 hour day, but we don't know that the hours are the same length as ours. No. So they, they could be 50. Yeah. It could still be the same amount of same minutes. minutes yeah. yeah. I'm not even going to try to work that out <laughs> without the calculator. Um, yeah. So the one other thing I thought was interesting, and we had mentioned this before and I could be wrong. Not, not that ever happens, but in my reading on this, they had talked about the, the references to the Church of the Artificial Intelligence being purged from, you know, that, that they yeah, got the in trouble the with that from, from the, the first. Yeah. Maybe that's not true. Maybe the source that I was talking about meant this episode, because the Church of the Artificial Intelligence plays a big part. Yeah. And we learn a little bit about the church. It's an interesting thing to say. Um, the new, in the very beginning, they're watching a news segment, and uh, Dr. Claxon and uh, uh, a news reporter who we don't see again throughout the course of the episode, are she's asking him questions. As the, the aforementioned questions about whether or not the church is actually an arm of the official arm of the government and things like that. But before that, she's asking him questions about what does the church actually believe? And she specifically mentioned God. Yeah, and do, do, like. you, do you have God or gods? And he he says that's that's a little dogmatic for our church. Uh, we we don't have we don't want to adhere to some kind of strict uh, structure like that. It's it's a very um, it's a very weird answer. Yeah. It, 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 if that's the one true religion that the Praetor requires them to do ever since the Unification Wars, would they even, and, and they don't support gods, then would the reporter understand the concept of God when asking him the question? Yeah. Um, but do you, think, was, do you, you think this is more like Scientology type, that this this guy was the L. Ron Hubbard character? I don't think he was. I think he was just a, an appointed goon in this era. I don't think he came up with it. Yeah. I think... Uh, I remember the Unification Wars were 80 years ago, um, 80 or more. So I think that this is a government-set-up church designed to establish control and maintain, yeah. you know, as, as all religions are, except that this one's government-controlled. And um, he's their mouthpiece in that particular, you know, he's the Archbishop of, um, what was it, Thraxia or... Um, Something like that. Whichever province it was. Unfortunately, you know, you can only watch these on YouTube, basically. And the uh, copy, the, ni- the name was kind of screwed up when it opened up. So here we are in the <laughs> town of... <laughs> so we didn't, uh, we didn't catch... I didn't catch it. And they said it again later, but I... I'm not going back to listen to it a second time. You can't make me. <laughs> um... I'm thinking we're done here too. I don't think so. Yeah. I mean, I mean, if you like, if you like some older rock and roll type music, you know, like music videos. I mean, there's probably what a half hour of this episode is just that alone. Yeah. I mean, that might be have some entertainment value for one one time through. But do you think that 
they were doing the singing. Do you think this was a, a, a venue to try to get two young actors the possibility of establishing a singing career? I mean, that happens yeah. a lot in TV. Yeah, I wasn't sure on that. I mean, there, there were some songs. I almost thought it was almost like the original recordings when they first started. And then as the episode progressed, it was obviously not. And then I think Trace did like a David Bowie song, and that sounded more. It kind of sounded a little more like him than it anybody didn't else. Sound like David Bowie, obviously. Yeah. No, I mean, let's see. We but had... it didn't quite sound like a, a real professional singer you would have brought in either. I mean, it was not that good. Yeah, but... let's see. What did they sing in this? They, they sang uh, "Surrender" by Cheap Surrender, Trick. Surrender. Yeah. I want to hold your hand by the Beatles. Rock and roll fantasy. Um, who I can't remember who did that right off the top of my head. Um, Jumpin' Jack Flash from the Stones. Um, Is there a Pat Benatar song or something? A couple. Of, I don't know who some of the groups were that sang those songs, but yeah, I can't really think of the. I can't really think of the others. So those, those were the ones that stuck in my mind. There, yeah. there actually was at least one more that I that I liked. I'm not going to say I was about 21 when this came out, so I was about the right age to know yeah. these songs. Um, you get any you get any further than that, and it's just all that horrible noise that they started coming out with yeah. once you know these tone tone deaf kids started making music and won't well, get off my lawn. I tell you, and noise is what they called it in this episode. They did they did yes. call it noise, and that's exactly what happened <laughs> after this stuff. I tell you, MTV ruined everything. They should have done Buggles. They should have done Video Killed the Radio yeah. Star, because then that would, like, confuse everybody absolutely yeah. to death. It's like, what's the video? What's the radio star? I don't know. Yeah, I mean, if this just rock and roll music was offensive, like, you know, what if they did Kiss with the spitting blood or something? Did Ozzy Osbourne, went, you know, Sex Pistols, you know, went full-on punk, you know? It's like, who knows what they could have done to these guys. Yeah, they, they, they had... It is... I'll give the premise a little bit of I give the premise a little bit of credit here. If if you were to travel in time, let's say let's say you got flung to the past, you had no choice. You know we don't we don't know why you got flung to the past. You don't have any way to back. It's not like you're a proper time traveler. It's not something that happens. You have that you have that possibility to use your knowledge to be rich and be famous <laughs> and. And barring the concept of a paradox that might wipe you out of existence, depending on how time works, uh, when, if and when we ever discover how this, uh, how this functions, you know, you, that would be a very, assuming you don't get wiped out of existence, that would be an incredibly powerful weapon. Yeah. Here they've been jumped over to an entirely different world. And they have got, depending on how good their memories are, the most amazing collection of all the best music that has ever come out. And they can just, you know, if they can rattle it out and write it down and play it, imagine if rock and roll had come about when only the good songs were written. <laughs> can you imagine that? They could be astoundingly rich. Although I, I really wish they had done I Am the Walrus. I think that would have been... <laughs> Uh, that would have been a good one for him. Or Lucy in the Sky with Diamonds. Something a little more, a little more later Beatles. And uh, oh, oh no, 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 uh, get back. Because they're trying to figure out where is Tucson, Arizona, right? <laughs> but of course, you know, I mean, you don't know what the reaction of this is. I mean, these people have been growing up with, with their particular teachings. You know, their emotional baggage that they don't have. I don't know. It's like so. Would rock and roll necessarily, you know, 
some people obviously reacted when we first saw them in the audience. Is it the beat yeah. or is it the message? Yeah, what is it that's doing that? And and is the, it then is it their fault? Just because they're singing the songs, you know, people don't react, they won't be popular. So it's like the, the other thing is the the people who felt threatened said this was anti-establishment and it was a subversive lyrics and you know kind of. Upsetting, but none of the songs that they didn't do any Bob Dylan. No, you know, there's no Peter Paul and Mary here. There's no, there's no uh, uh, subversive <clears throat> overthrow the government, stop the Vietnam War. And none of that. These are all, I wouldn't say love songs, but I mean they're all relatively benign yeah. songs. Probably because they were they were on television <laughs> in the 1980s. So yeah, um, only other thing I got. I love this. If there's if if some of our listeners or parents out there, perhaps you'll you'll know how I feel. Perhaps you won't understand this. But at the beginning of the episode, the kids are talking about their talent show for school. And um the boy is gonna do a slideshow and the girl is trying to balance plates on her head. And the reason that they're doing that, if she's doing that, is because she can't do a slideshow because her brother's doing a slideshow. Yes. And mom and dad are like, well, why don't you get together and do something? Like, why don't you sing? And they're like, oh, sing. And then finally he convinces them to sing. It's like, I guess we could do it. And mom and dad goes, well, we will be right there in the front row. Come down and see yes. you. <laughs> and and they go, uh, you forget the rules of other world, dad. Parents are not allowed to come to school. It interferes with the thought induction. Yes. I believe is what it was. And it's like, oh, I want to live in other world. <laughs> you know, I want to support my kids if they have a concert or something. Yeah. But I do not wish to be dragged down to school for every little minor thing. I, I, I love that line. <laughs> I absolutely love that line. It's the beginning of school year here, so uh, it's been one of those weeks. I can't think of anything else that is of relevance. I no, let me take that back. I can't think of anything that's of relevance in this episode. I'm just we, we're just talking. I mean, we we watched it. Uh, we're giving our thoughts. My thought is, this show is terrible. Yeah. No, I mean that is that's <laughs> really, um, and I don't mean this episode. I mean my. I've not seen Other World before. I think I mentioned that in the first yeah. discussion of this. This show sucks. This is really bad. I it, can... It's bad. I'm, I'm, pers- I'm having fun with the show. I mean, I, I like the characters. I like the, you know, the actors and everything. They seem to, you know, it's, it's, it's good. You know, it's a good family thing, you know. You know, I don't like Dad. No? I'm beginning to, I'm beginning to dislike Dad. It's not just because he was drooling all over, um, what's her name, last week. Yeah. But, um, I, you know, oh, so he's, so he's finally convinced the kids. Now, basically, you've screwed up. You've you've gotten popular. Now we're you know we can't get out of the house because you know they're crushing things. The the guy from the church is out in the front yard with barrels uh, burning your tapes Man, and throw throwing it. rocks through your windows. And Gina picks the rock up and throws it back through yeah, the window and manages girl. to hit him. <laughs> it's like in the leg. And they realize that we we've got we've got a problem. Yeah, it's and not the music anymore. And the, their promoter is in there, and he said, "You know, we're gonna we're gonna have you at the biggest venue in all of where this place was, and you know, it's gonna be a massive concert." And Dad's basically like, "You can't go. We can't do this. We've got to leave." And then the guy from the church is out in the yard, and he's shouting. Uh, the the um, the promoter shouts out to him. He's like, "We're gonna be at this big concert. You against us." And, and so the the guy from the church is saying. You will never play again. I will see to it that you cannot play anywhere in this province. And Dad goes, well, now it's a matter of freedom. You have 
to play that <laughs> concert. <laughs> Which is, of course, the concert that Kroll's at, which could have nearly got of them course. caught. So Dad made a, made a stupid move there because he's too pig-headed to, um, to know when to quit. I, yeah, I, I know. You know, he takes a stand and he's right. You shouldn't allow them to be in the rock and roll band. You yes. shouldn't allow them to have a concert. You shouldn't allow them to have tapes. You shouldn't, you know, their argument is, oh, it's just tapes. Well, it's records, repo albums. Uh, no one will see us. We'll just be voices. It's like, have you never seen photo covers of albums? Have you never seen TV interviews? Have you ever had to do live concerts? I mean, <laughs> come on. He should know better than this. They can't possibly go unobserved. And he's not going to do it. It's like, no, I'm not going to look to do it. And, and mom's all kind of cuddles up to him and strokes his shoulder. And is like, I know what dad thinks with. I mean, it's that's yeah. <laughs> basically because this is what was getting him in trouble last week. And it's what gets him in trouble this week. Um, so, well, you know, I, I really don't want to say no, but what can I do? <clears throat> oh, it's okay. All right. I'll make you guys happy. Yeah, it's kind of coming off like a, a Mike Brady from the, the Brady Bunch to me. He did try a couple yeah. times to do the Brady Bunch thing. Was, well, you know, let's find out that you're nothing more than plastic like these dolls. And Okay, well, we've gotten through the fourth episode of yeah. Otherworld. There's only three more to go. Just three more episodes to go. Mm-hmm. We're more than halfway through because we're through this episode. Yep. On the downward slope, hopefully here. the episodes don't go downward. Oh, I can't imagine that. <laughs> I can't imagine that happening. How... how how would that be possible? We've already done the resort island where they eat people episode, and we've already done the rock and roll episode. So we've done the two episodes that signal the death and doom of any series. Are there any others? I mean, I, I honestly have not looked ahead to these. Are there any other episodes that you get in a TV series? Not counting, you know, jumping over a shark. But, I mean, is there any other trope that they haul out when they're desperate for prot? Pops, is it the the identical evil twin? I don't. Yeah, the doppelgangers. Yeah, we haven't had those yet. We haven't had a doppelganger episode yet. We haven't had a mom episode yet either. Nope. Yeah, so. this one's kind of. I mean, Trace was you know in Zone Troopers will build men or whatever that title was. Both, but, yeah, both of them got this one. And the dad got last episode, and then both of them this episode. Hopefully, they won't get one on the little kid. I mean, uh, we don't, no, don't need Smith. him. No. He he his his sole contribution to this episode is he got locked in the bathroom and they had to uh, they had to remove the hinges to get him out. Yeah, and obviously it wasn't put back together properly because the girlfriend later on was locked in the bathroom too. Yeah. Oh yeah, so there's a scene right at the end when they're leaving uh, and and traces see the air quotes you can't see the air quotes see the air quotes air quotes girlfriend is all like oh trace i love you i'm gonna miss you and he says i'm sorry i've got to go uh but here and he hands her an envelope full of money he says i i i can't take this with me so you can have all this money oh trace i love you so much and then he you know he digs at her and he says because that's all you're interested in anyway she goes, no, no, I love you. I love you. And he says, oh, well, okay. And then he takes the money back yep. from her. <laughs> and she goes, but if you're going to leave, I have to have something to remember you by. He goes, uh-huh, hands her back the envelope and then leaves. And, of course, she opens the envelope and he goes, it's empty. <laughs> and he blows her a kiss and leaves. So, so he did learn something. Yes. He learned, you know, he wanted, he originally wanted to do the rock and roll thing because of the chicks. He said that. Yep. That was that was very early on, and uh, and he got one, and you know she was a cutie, I have to say. Um, but considering how popular they were, really he didn't he didn't need to settle for one. No, not not at all. 
So he learned a lesson again. So again, Trace is the only one that seems to learn a lesson in these stories. Yeah. He builds men. Now he knows that, that gold diggers will be gold diggers. Well, David, thank you for sitting through these two episodes. Well, I don't know if I should say thank you back, but, you know. <clears throat> no, no, just say you're welcome. <laughs> I enjoyed it. It was great. Uh, we'll be back for, I don't know, maybe we'll do two more episodes in the next episode. Yeah, you know, yeah. At the rate they're going, because there's not much to these stories. We, no. We're really working out. So, and listeners, thank you for joining us, and we hope you will join us all again. See how I stutter this out, sort of, uh, I don't know where I get that from. I do it every week. I listen to these recordings week after week after week, and I hear myself doing it, and we hope you'll join us again on another episode of Fusion Patrol. Fusion Patrol is a Lone Locust production. Like us, leave us a review on iTunes. Or stop by and visit at our website, fusionpatrol.com. Find us on Facebook or Twitter. Search for Fusion Patrol. Or just drop us a note at feedback at fusionpatrol.com. Our music is Fight the Future by Amber Wolf.